Hello, and welcome to A History of Electronic Music, Part 8. Welcome to the show. This time I'll be continuing to talk about Krautrock. Last time I talked about the Berlin School, which had a less structured and more ambient style sound. This time I'm going to look at the more structured and melodic and rhythmic Dusseldorf School. And of course the leading light of the Dusseldorf School is Kraftwerk, and I'm going to try and play a track from each of their albums. So let's get on with it. Kraftwerk's key personnel, Ralph Hutter and Florian Schneider, met at Dusseldorf Conservatory in their late 60s, where Ralph was studying piano and Florian the flute. But they found traditional instruments restrictive and started collecting anything electronic they could get their hands on. In 1968, this included a tape recorder, a Farfisa organ and some amplifiers. They started jamming, experimenting, recording with a variety of other musicians and eventually recorded an album which they called Tone Float, which was engineered by the now legendary producer Conrad Planck, or Connie Planck as he was known. According to band member Alfred Monix, the band had been using the name Kraftwerk for some time after Tone Float was recorded, but RCA Records, who eventually released the album in the UK only, were keen to have a more anglicised name, so organisation was used. This is an extract from the title track, Tone Float, by Organisation, which was released in 1970. An extract from Tone Float by Organisation, the early craft work uh, from 19, probably recorded around about 69. Um, as you can see, it's more like an experimental jazz quintet than anything else, but right from the start, there was the suggestion of strong rhythmic elements. Tone Float didn't sell very well, and Organisation split up soon after its release. 
Ralph and Florin, however, continued to collect electronic instruments and make music with whoever wanted to work with them. Amongst their early collaborators was drummer Klaus Dinger, who plays on this track from Kraftwerk's first album, As Kraftwerk, which was also released in 1970. It starts off sounding like something from the Forbidden Planet, and then goes somewhere entirely unexpected. Some electro-funk from Kraftwerk, Vom Himmelhock from their first self-titled album. At this time, according to Ralph, no drummer wanted to play with Kraftwerk because they had all these electronic gadgets. This was certainly the case for Klaus Dinger, who joined with another ex-Kraftwerk collaborator, Michael Rother, to form the influential krautrock band Neu, which is new in German. This is from their second album, Neu 2, and demonstrates very well what is now known as the motoric beat, which Simon Reynolds describes as a metronomic, regular as carburetor rhythm that was at once post-rock and proto-techno. This is Super from 1973.
Super by Noi. Would the stroke still exist if Noi hadn't? Who knows? Anyway, back to craft work. Deprived of a drummer, Ralph and Florian, with producer Connie Plank, came up with an album closer in style to the Berlin School, with four out of five tracks having no drums at all. For the opening track, however, they used a preset rhythm machine from an organ's beatbox. I think it was a Farfisa rhythm machine. This was perhaps their first use of electronic drums. Also interesting, it's the first time that a Kraftwerk track that's quite neatly divided into sections, four in this case, a trait that very much present on their later albums. From the 1972 album Kraftwerk 2, this is Kling Klang. Kling Klang from Kraftwerk 2 from 1972. Kling Klang, which means ringing tone, also became the name of their studio later on when they established it in Dusseldorf. Um, also interesting from that, we can start to identify what kinds of sounds Ralph and Florian like. Um, very clean sine wave-like sounds like flutes and bells. And you'll notice that these kinds of sounds will crop up throughout their later work as well. Kraftwerk's next album, Ralph and Florian, was again just the work of Ralph and Florian. The addition of a mini Moog and an EMS AKS meant a more electronic sound, although now the electronic drums were augmented by various random percussion sounds, claps and bells, etc., as can be heard here on Tan's Music from 1973, uh, which translates as dance music. Very beautiful.
an extract from the very lovely Tans music from 1973. But Kraftwerk weren't the only band to be making music like this at the time, as the next two tracks demonstrate. The first is by Harmonia, who were made up of Michael Rother on Holiday from Noy, and the two members of the well-established Krautrock band Cluster. In 1974, they released the album Music von Harmonia, from which this is taken. by Harmonia. Obviously a lot more guitars than Kraftwerk would usually use, but still very much Krautrock, very much Dusseldorf school, repetitive beats but electronic, and a lot more electronics creeping in there. Working with Rother changed Cluster's style somewhat, and later in 1974, as Rother was back with Noi, they released Zuckerzeit, which had a much greater rhythmic element than their previous albums. Um, this is from the album, it's Heber Lippen. Lippen from the excellent cluster album Zuckerzeit. Back in Dusseldorf, Kraftwerk had finally found a drummer they could work with. Wolfgang Fleur explains why. My hero was Ringo Starr. In the beginning, I wasn't a good enough player to do anything fancy, but I could manage to copy Ringo's playing. 
It was a very steady, very basic style, and after a while I got very good at it. My timekeeping was also very good. Ralph and Florin had a lot of problems with their drummers. They were gifted players, but they had come from a jazz background, so they played much more than was necessary. My minimalistic style was exactly what they were looking for, so Florin asked me to join the band. Skilled in both electronics and carpentry, Wolfgang ditched Kraftwerk's poorly maintained drum kit and built the world's first electronic drum pads from some scrap metal and the organ beatbox, using metal rods attached to wires to trigger the sounds. The new drum pads were used extensively in Kraftwerk's next album, and its title track Autobahn was an international hit. It was also the band's first explicit expression of their interest in transport, and the technology of transport, although the artwork of their first three albums had featured traffic cones, so perhaps it was leading up to it. The 23 minute long autobahn is meant to capture the feel of driving along the motorway, and as such it has several definite sections. This is the edited single version, which reached number 25 in the US and number 11 in the UK. Autobahn from the album of the same name. Autobahn was also the first Kraftwerk track to feature lyrics, um, for which they received help from Emil Schult, who contributed to many of their subsequent albums, uh, specifically lyrically and also in terms of designing the covers of them. 
Although Autobahn was a concept song, other tracks on the album had nothing to do with driving, and it wasn't until 1975 that the group did their first concept album. Radioactivity is about both radioactivity in the nuclear sense and activity on the radio. From the album, this is Ohm Sweet Ohm. Sweet Home from Radioactivity from 1975. Radioactivity was the first album to feature the classic Kraftwerk lineup of Ralph Hutter, Florin Schneider, Wolfgang Fleur, and Cole Bartos. This lineup was to remain unchanged for over a decade. For their next album, they returned to the theme of transport, this time by train. With Trans Europe Express, they achieved a new level of precision aided greatly by a custom-built sequencer from Matten and Weishers of Bonn. The album also featured more tracks in a song format than previously, and it was also the first album that was recorded in different languages, German for the domestic market and English for the rest of the world. This is the English version of Showroom Dummies.
showroom dummies from Trans Europe Express. TEE was a big success and led to Kraftwerk discovering new audiences in discotheques around the world. Although, as Florian Schneider put it at the time, Kraftwerk hasn't discovered disco, disco has discovered Kraftwerk. DJs had also discovered Kraftwerk, as Ralph Hutter recalls. I remember somebody took us to a club in about 1976 or 77 when Trans Europe Express was out. It was in a loft club in New York after hours, just as the DJ culture was starting when DJs began making their own records and their own grooves. This DJ was taking sections from Metal on Metal and Trans Europe Express, so I thought, oh, they're playing the new album. But it went on for 10 minutes, and I thought, what's happening? The track is only something like two or three minutes. Later, I asked the DJ, and he had two copies of the record, and he was mixing the two. And of course, it could go on as long as people were dancing. So, Kraftwerk had a major influence on early hip-hop culture as well. 1978 saw the release of The Man Machine, which further explored man's relationship with technology, with tracks like this. Extract from The Robots from the 1978 album The Man Machine. Around about this time, technology was also very much on the mind of Kraftwerk. And in a 1978 interview with Sounds magazine, Ralph Hutter said this. Kraftwerk basically means power plant. We plug our machines into the electrical system and create transformed energy. The human machine means that we plug ourselves into the machines also. We play the machines, but the machines also play us. This we do not deny like they do in conventional music. There the man is always considered superior to his machine, but this is not so. The machine should not do only slave work. We try to treat them as colleagues, so they exchange energies with us. It seems possible that they were taking more than just music lessons in the late 60s. But anyhow, by this point, Kraftwerk had well established themselves as a force to be reckoned with, not just with their groundbreaking music, but also with their innovative live shows. A journalist from Gallery magazine described one from 1978. They stand rigid, expressionless, self-controlled in their identical narrow lapeled suits, set off by short, clipped hairstyles. Their faces, typically white-faced with lipstick, reveal a certain distance, even alienation from their fellow human creatures. Like robots, they take the forms of men without betraying man's standard eccentricities. The image is anti-image, the stance designed not to attract. However, the more distant they were, 
the more popular they became, and the model from the Man Machine was a huge hit, reaching number one in the UK, albeit four years after the album release. This was because it was reissued as a double A-side with Computer Love from their 1981 album Computer World, of which this is the title track. Computer World from 1981's Computer World. Kraftwerk's output slowed considerably in the 80s as they became increasingly obsessed by cycling. This led to the 1983 single Tour de France and also led Ralph into a serious traffic accident which left him in a coma for two days. His passion for cycling was undimmed however as his first words upon waking were reported to have been Where's my bike? It was another three years before the next album, Electric Cafe, arrived, and it showed a definite drift towards a more digital direction. It's certainly not Kraftwerk's best album, but it's not too bad. Judge for yourself, this is um, from that. It's Boing Boom Check. Boing Boom Check. Boing Boom Check. Boing Boom Check. Boing Ping Boom Check. Ping. Boing, ping, boom, chuck, ping, boing, ping, boom, chuck, ping. Boing, ping, boom, chuck, ping, boing, ping, boom, chuck, boing, ping, boom, chuck, boing, ping, boom, chuck, 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 boing, ping, boom, chuck, 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 boing, ping, boom, chuck, 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 chuck. Extract from Boing Boom Check from the 1986 album Electric Cafe. Due to Kraftwerk's slow working and lack of output, Wolfgang Fleur left the band shortly after the release of Electric Cafe. Five years later, and Carl Bartos also left, 
This time, shortly before their next release, The Mix, which is basically a more dance floor friendly version of some of their earlier tunes. From that, this is uh, Radioactivity. Reversion of Radioactivity from 1991's The Mix. If Kraftwerk slowed down after Computer World, they stagnated after The Mix. Although they released a single Expo 2000 in 2000, it wasn't until 2003 that a new album appeared. By this point, they'd been joined by Fritz Hilpert, who worked with them as an engineer for quite a while before joining the group as a composer. The album was obviously a very long time in coming, because it was a continuation of the 1983 idea, Tour de France. It was called Tour de France Soundtracks, and this is called La Forme. Respiration. Respiration. 
from 2003's Tour de France soundtracks. That's it for the Kraftwerk music tonight, or the exclusively Kraftwerk music, but one interesting thing about Kraftwerk is that, compared to other electronic bands, their stuff has been remixed and covered a lot more than most other bands. So I'm going to play a couple of cover versions that are worth a listen. The first one is from Translovenia Express, Volume 1. Volume 1 is very good, Volume 2 is not so good. This is Om Sweet Om by Boghesia. extract from Borghesia's version of Ohm Sweet Ohm from the album Translovenia Express. Um, the final bit of music I'm going to play is from a another album of remixes of Kraftwerk or cover versions um, and it's an album called 8-Bit Operators um, which are 8-bit composers that use that Commodore chip that I'm sure we'll talk about a lot later on um, in a future distant part of a history of electronic music. 
This is Bacalao's version of the robots. version of the robots from 8-bit operators. How do I sum up Kraftwerk? To call Kraftwerk influential is like calling the universe big. They had a, a massive impact on the future of music in so many different ways that it's impossible to go into them all here and I'm sure they'll be touched upon in uh, the future issues of this podcast. They kind of summed up the technological age. There's the strange cold distance and yet, at the same time, the attraction to the immense possibilities offered by technology. The Kraftwerk were instrumental in bringing that to the fore. It's interesting to note they've kind of disowned their early albums. Um, on their website, their discography um, starts at Autobahn. So the, the first three albums that weren't that electronic, they've kind of forgotten about. But they're still, they're still worth checking out, especially Ralph and Florian. That's a very good album. Some... A couple of excellent tracks on there. But if there's any one Kraftwerk album you should have, um, it's definitely Autobahn. Um, what I think I forgot to mention last time with Tangerine Dream was um, the one Tangerine Dream album you should definitely have is Rubicon. Although Phaedra's more popular and more famous, Rubicon is probably better. Next time I'm going to be looking at... Um, ambient in the 1970s and Brian Eno and then some earlier ambient than his but it wasn't called ambient until Brian Eno thought of the idea after that I'm going to do a bit of a, a 70s roundup with people like Jean-Michel Jarre and Van Gelis and again after that I hope to do one on electronic film music with maybe Van Gelis again and a bit of John Carpenter and a bit of Giorgio Moroder, hopefully, and whatever other artists I can find lying about the place. Um, finishing off with Kraftwerk, however, which is something I've just remembered now, was the earlier on this year that it was confirmed that Florin Schneider had actually left Kraftwerk. So one of the founder members had left, leaving just Ralph Hutter and Fritz Hilpert now. So we'll see if, if they release anything more over the next 10 years. Who knows? Uh, before, before I say goodbye, I just have to apologise to Michael Durant for not replying to his email. 
I've no real excuses except I was quite busy but still it doesn't take long to reply to an email but instead you get a, a broadcast apology and finally somebody sent me an email once asking why there's nothing on my website but I finally got around to putting something on it so if you want to check that out it's at www.triptreeproductions.co.uk um, there's stuff about me and there's also some stuff on the music tab there's uh, some music from the film that I scored last year and there's links to my dance efforts uh, a she call and a bit of PT Hazard and the concept of scrunch ruble um, so check that out and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.